This past year, there was an email sent by a social worker at Friendship Village in Dublin about a gently used mobility chair that was available for free to someone in the community. And 30 seconds later, this email um, was responded with someone who would be happy to take that uh, mobility device. And so I think this really speaks to the need probably for free and affordable mobility devices, but also to the function of the email list server. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewery District, just south of downtown Columbus, Ohio. Hi, this is Brett. Central Ohio is known for its vast array of nonprofit organizations, resources, and services to the community. However, Seniors often have difficulty finding those valuable resources. The Senior Services Roundtable was developed as a communications pipeline to get the word out that Columbus can care for its senior population. You know, Brett, the Roundtable has become really a model program serving thousands of older adults through a very simple, easy process of linking those in need with the services that are available through this Roundtable process. Today, our guest is Christine Happel. Hello, everyone. Hello, Brett. Hello, Carol. <laughs> Christine is the Assistant Director of the Age-Friendly Innovation Center and Age-Friendly Columbus and Franklin County Program. And Christine is going to give us an update on the roundtable and plans for the future. So, Christine, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, it's your first time you've been on the podcast. We always like to, you know, give our guests that that intro time. So let's, you know, hear more about you, your background, how you came to work in the realm of this of these senior services. I did my field placement for my master's of social work at the Clintonville Beachwald Community Resources Center in 2013, and then um, as that ended, I was offered a position as an outreach worker in the senior supportive services program. And a year later, I became the founding director of Village in the Ville and the Greater Columbus Network of Villages. After 10 years at the CRC, I transitioned to the Age-Friendly Innovation Center in 2022. However, prior to all of that, I lived and worked in a co-working community as a caregiver for a young woman with autism. And this role really cemented for me the importance of living in community and the necessity of building communities more finely tuned to a wider range of needs. So, Christine, that village in the Ville is sort of a separate entity from the, the Beachwell Resource Center, correct? Yeah, so Village in the Ville is a program of Clintonville Beachwell Community Resources Center. It has a, a grassroots founding. Several neighbors got together to start that program in um, 2014, and then it really launched with me as the director in 2015. Good. Yeah, we, we did actually did a podcast on um, the villages concept, and so we'll make sure our, our listeners get to get information on that one too, because it's an amazing program, very much grassroots, very much based on volunteers helping their neighbors, but what a great opportunity to really learn what the needs are in the community. Oh, absolutely. And so community-based and just such a huge champion of our local villages. Great. Okay. You know, we had the opportunity to learn more about Age-Friendly Innovation Center and the Age-Friendly Columbus and Franklin County program earlier this year, another great podcast. So your director, uh, Marisa Sheldon, provided an overview of Age-Friendly and its inception in the United States and the work that you've accomplished. But the roundtable was just recently added under the mantle of age-friendly. It had been an independent group. Um, and it, it's an, to me, it is just a really typical 
um, look at what Columbus does, and that is just reaching out and helping people, not necessarily in a formal way, um, just digging down and making sure that that folks get what they need. So tell us a little bit more about the inception of the roundtable. Yeah, so the Senior Services Roundtable of Columbus and Franklin County is a mechanism for information sharing, resource sharing, collaboration, and it creates an opportunity to convene on all things related to aging. Currently, two of the significant components are an email list server and our monthly meetings. The Roundtable was founded in 2007 by the beloved Fran Ryan, who was tasked by our former mayor, Michael Coleman, with supporting older adults in the community. And Fran uh, convened with several other folks, including Mary Funk, Lonnie King Jr., Mike Sexton and Dave Paul, all who held roles related to aging or who were concerned community members. And this core group uh, really formed what we know today as the Senior Services Roundtable of Columbus and Franklin County. Uh, Now there's over uh, 750 folks who are engaged in some way with the roundtable. Often folks start by joining the email list server and they then attend a monthly meeting and grow their engagement from there. I really appreciate that the roundtable was designed to be low stakes. Maybe you are available to connect over email right now, but perhaps differently in the future. And this model allows members to participate as they are able, as they have something to contribute. And also, everyone is welcome to be a member, whether you're a professional, a student, an older adult, or maybe someone who fits all of these categories, uh, folks who are of recently changed positions or are new to the aging network or folks who have done this work for generations, all are welcome. You know, we have to give a huge shout out to Fran and Dave Paul. Um, Fran is, um, she is the mom for all of us and and has uh, really fostered the notion of what's good for a senior is good for anybody around um, around our community. And uh, to thank Mike Coleman for the work that he did just in bringing up this issue of, you know, we have seniors who need help. And they had seen too many people calling and complaining. Things were falling through the cracks for, for our seniors. Um, so, Fran, thank you. We, it's been yes. great. It, it's, it's, we've had a great ride. And, and the, the thing about the roundtable, even with its informality, things get done, which I always found to be mm-hmm. amazing that that, that happened. But... Um, oftentimes I would sit in my office and start reading through the ton of emails that went out every day, but it worked. Well, I think the, you know, from my recollection of it too, is that, you know, the expectation of its members is it's very low. So, Mm -hmm. you know, therefore you just, you're just there when you're needed, raise your hand, which which is a nice situation to be in. And what people were expected to do is what their job was. It's not like they were asked to do, oh, be in charge of an event, be in Mm -hmm. charge, nothing extra. It was just really um, being able to do your job. But it's that sharing of information, which is so hard to do to our older adult communities. Right. Well, the roundtable has a very distinct goal of serving as a clearinghouse of information and ideas that can assist older adults in our region. And there is a special emphasis on those aging in place, which is great. How has the roundtable met this goal? Um, And what's has been the impact on the community? Yeah, the email list server is really a great way to share information across our aging network in Franklin County. A couple of years ago, several students with H-Friendly took inventory of emails sent through the list server. And over a 10-year period, there were more than 
6,000 emails sent from folks at 550 organizations. And these emails included ones about community events, continuing education opportunities, public service announcements, service resources, and actual connections to services being made. Uh, For example, this past year, there was an email sent by a social worker at Friendship Village in Dublin about a gently used mobility chair that was available for free to someone in the community. And 30 seconds later, this email um, was responded with someone who would be happy to take that uh, mobility device. And so I think this really speaks to the need probably for free and affordable mobility devices, but also to the function of the email list server. It, it, it's amazing how even though we keep talking about moving past email, it works. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I am in front of my computer for <laughs> a, co- a good portion of the day. And so um, mm-hmm. it makes it a functional way to respond to folks. And when requests for resources or an offer of resources go out, uh, responses are often then sent to the whole email list server and, you know, as members read those emails, they jump in with suggestions and ideas and resources or, you know, some other folks might feel comfortable also speaking up about a need. And in real time, you get to see that web of support form. Good, good point. It's in real time. We're doing this in real time, which is huge. And when people are in need of the person who got that mobility device probably was in desperate need. So, so very good. Let's talk about how the the change happened. How was it that the roundtable was moved under the Innovation Center? And um, tell us a little bit about um, that support that the center is able to give to this organ. This I don't want to call it an organization. This concept. Yeah. So each friendly can offer you know, effort towards nurturing this platform. Uh, we are not caught up in the daily pace of practice when. I had a caseload. I remember folks would say, oh, it'd be great if you did this or you should start X, Y, Z. And it was always, um, I loved these hopes and dreams, but it wasn't always possible to implement things as I didn't have the time. And so our role at Age Friendly is to, in part, be a mechanism of implementation. And we hope to be uh, both administrative and coordinating support, manage some of those day-to-day tasks, such as scheduling and coordinating meetings. Also, part of my role at Age Friendly involves participating on committees and working with elected officials and finding my way into spaces that don't always have an aging lens in their work and then adding that. Uh, So this also involves sharing about the roundtable and inviting folks into this network. Age Friendly works really hard to elevate the voices of older adults and bring their wishes to life. And we try to be that spark plug that ignites change. And the roundtable is the perfect vehicle, you could say. And the platform really parallels our work nicely. It sounds like the roundtable is really an educational um, component to teach someone who hasn't had to be in the aging space and doesn't have any clue what the issues and and trials and tribulations are, just by participating as an email member of the roundtable list, they're going to learn a lot very quickly. Truly, truly. So it's been in existence for now. Did you mention 10 years? Since 2007. Wow. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess I lost track of time. I knew it was... Backaways, but right. I'd forgotten how and long started ago. with like twelve people. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, moving along successfully now for now, you know, since two thousand seven, 
Moving it under the Innovation Center now provides some new support and resources to the roundtable. We kind of alluded to that just a, a second ago. Talk about those changes. How was this implemented and how the center is guiding the program? As I joined the H-Friendly team last September, uh, we began planning what we called a listening tour. And the roundtable is really meant to be a member-led group. So we wanted to use this moment in time, this shift, to check in and hear from members. Uh, We distributed a survey and members had the opportunity to provide input on meeting time, frequency, location, and format. We asked what types of information should be shared and what might interest um, or what folks might be interested in sharing. We had 54 people complete that survey from over 30 agencies. And as a follow-up, we held two focus groups. Carol, I believe you got to attend. I, I, I You know, I just realized that. I forgot that I had been on that, in that focus group. Yes. It was well over a year ago now, so understand. I, I was just going to say, it's been a while. <laughs> Looks like I've been having fun since then or something. Best case. And, you know, during these focus groups, we asked members to talk about why we gather, about our identity and our purpose, and also what could be possible in the future. And so over the last um, year or so, we've been putting these reflections to work. On the survey, about 100% of, or not about, exactly 100% of respondents requested that uh, meetings have either a pre-planned agenda or be a bit of a hybrid between some structure and unstructured time. And so at meetings, we've held space for that intentional networking and have also added opportunities to participate in focus groups, spend time with directors of FCOA and COAAA, and also receive new information from other folks in the community. And on the surveys, there was pretty mixed feedback about the preferences between in-person and virtual meetings. So we've incorporated both of those formats into our uh, rotating meeting structure and During the focus groups, too, participants shared that the value of the roundtable really rests in having a space to talk about difficult challenges, in remaining coordinated so we don't use our precious resources on duplication, and then harnessing our collective knowledge to have impact. And so really uh, demonstrated a desired uh, request for future opportunities to engage in advocacy and maybe be a little bit more action-oriented. Um, and so we'll have the challenge of kind of figuring out what that looks like in the coming years. Were you surprised with any of the results? No, because I think I'd, uh, you know, been attending roundtable meetings. Yeah. And um, of course, we had our pause during, or not really a pause, but everything kind of changed during the mm-hmm. pandemic. And so um, while, you know, it's hard to predict sometimes what um, we will all need in five years, we know that... Um, especially at Age Friendly, we always have to be evolving. And so, you know, wanting something a little different and new wasn't surprising at all. And I think, too, looking back in that focus group time period, we had gotten through the pandemic. We understood that we could be um, efficient and effective doing Zoom-type programming. Um, And it was an incredible way to keep information flowing because it was so critical for seniors during the pandemic. And, you know, again, shout out to COAAA and Franklin County Aging and all the other organizations that stepped up to the plate to make sure that our older adults were taken care of during that really critical time. Oh, it was, I mean, it's 
maybe bittersweet to say a beautiful time, but I really admire the way folks came together in Franklin County to Mm -hmm. take care of Mm -hmm. folks. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, I keep kind of revolving around this notion of getting the word out. Communicating with older adults is very difficult. Um, And it's not just whether they uh, have a cell phone or whether they know what the internet is. It's just sometimes confusing um, oftentimes hard for people to take make change. And we have all of these incredible resources and programs, but there's no guarantee that anybody's going to use them because you can't get that information out to this particular population. How has the Innovation Center provided supports in that key step of serving our older adults? Yeah, Carol, this actually speaks to work the center is currently conducting. The Age-Friendly Innovation Center has been hosting focus groups and exploring how older adults learn about trusted information. And we will continue to engage folks in conversations on this very topic and, of course, be excited in the future to share what we learn and then help vision tools to improve how we are able to exchange information in a community. Anecdotally, I know that the word of mouth is a powerful communication tool, Sometimes the most trusted sources of information are those in our own community. And for those uh, for which English is not their first language, sometimes this is their children. And so it may be uh, also about us as a network finding and connecting with various community advocates that will then use their own kind of brand of magic to spread the word. And again, I think the roundtable really provides a great platform for folks to come together and interact with others in the aging network as sometimes it's more powerful to be in a room with others, right? We've um, been really able to elevate our use of virtual platforms, but that in-person uh, connection is is just so, so precious. And there's you know always ways to open up the invitation to share at roundtable meetings. And it's our hope that maybe older adults in the community will also feel welcome to attend as well. Uh, one of our favorite moments from this past year too, I have to say, is Uh, We had a couple of folks sit down at a meeting and they were chatting together. And as they're chatting, they were like, oh, I I was emailing you earlier today. And they like right there in real time could, you know, check off a couple pieces of business and, you know, put a face to an email. Right. You know, it's it's so frustrating that scamming seniors, that information gets around somehow. (laughs) If you want to send out wrong information, it it hits the wires and everybody hears it. But to actually have real information about real resources and services of which we have immense amount in central Ohio, um, sometimes you just feel like you're talking to the brick walls around you and it's very difficult. We used to do that with our with our agency. It was people would say, where were you five years ago when I needed a, a job? You know, and now suddenly they were able to find the agency and, and get the help they needed. So yeah. Well, we're guessing there are some other challenges to providing information to these older adults. Technology is likely the highest concern as well as funding. Has the center been able to assist in those concerns? Yeah, communication is something that is ever-changing and access to communication tools like technology is not equitable across our community. According to the 2021 U.S. Census Bureau's American Community Survey, in Franklin County, there are over 80,000 households. That's 10% of our population, about 200,000 people that don't have home internet subscriptions. 
And over 66,000 households, so about 5% of our uh, population that don't have a computer. And the Franklin County Digital Equity Coalition is working to address this. And our role will certainly be to ensure that the needs of older residents are considered alongside others in the community. In the meantime, as a center, we aim to be in community with older adults, listening and learning so that folks don't have to rely on technology to connect with us. And additionally, one more time, (laughs) the roundtable is such a great resource. I think um, you've mentioned it that folks are just able to show up and be and do their job. And so we have like a no wrong door structure. If someone has a request and maybe they didn't land initially in the right space with that request, we know who to get them to. And and so we use our tools of communication um, kind of on behalf of older adults sometimes. You kind of don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and take away the shame factor or the, well, what are you doing asking me about that? Right. You know, which yeah. we all expect, I guess, you know, when you talk about bureaucracy, we've always been fed that line back. You feel ashamed or, um, you know, uh, you, you just don't want to, you know, you want to stop that. You want to be able to have that. Like you said, I love that term, that, uh, that, that no, no wrong door. That's a good way of putting it. Well, and, and that really showcases that it's not just communicating information that's known, Mm -hmm. but asking the questions that probably a lot of other people have and just hadn't Mm -hmm. asked the question. Absolutely. And I think being so sensitive to the referral fatigue, sometimes it's really hard to get Mm -hmm. bounced around from agency and organization Mm -hmm. and not finding an answer to your question. So I think sometimes having folks who are willing to step in and really answer Mm -hmm. those trickier questions Mm -hmm. is just so fabulous. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Christine, in looking at what I learned while being involved with the roundtable, housing and transportation were not two topics I knew very much about. And since then, we've actually done some podcasts on those two topics. Your team has been able to tackle those issues too. Has the roundtable been a good tool in that process? And, and tell us a little bit about what we're learning. Yeah, those are significant challenges and, of course, challenges that will take the whole aging network to tackle as well as a significant range of solutions and programs as really housing and transportation needs are quite diverse. Um, In 2023, we, through the roundtable, did host speakers to share information, engage discussion on both of these challenges. Around housing, we were joined by Franklin County Auditor Michael Stinziano and uh, members of his team to discuss the changes in property value and therefore our property taxes. Um, And the center has conducted a significant advocacy around property tax assistance programs and ways we can support older adults through property tax changes. And you can read all about that in our report, Older Adults and Property Taxes Findings and Recommendations in Franklin County. Additionally, we hosted Anthony Traver, who's a PhD candidate at The Ohio State University's College of Social Work, and he was able to share about his work with older adults experiencing homelessness. And two of the meetings are attended by folks from uh, CODA and the Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission, and also through the uh, leadership of our Director of Research, Holly DeBelco-Shoney, who's also faculty at the OSU's College of Social Work. How uh, we've been able to lead our Safe Routes to Age in Place initiatives and really help plan and then um, produce workbooks for replication of different strategies that will support uh, active and alternative transportation in our communities and uh, continue to 
work on these projects and invest in new initiatives. And um, I will say, you know, if at the end of my career, we can say as a network, we collectively tackled housing and transportation issues. Um, well, I'll be really set up to age in community, but I'll also feel really accomplished. And so I kind of loved this challenge, too, of mm-hmm. um, continuing to work on these issues. And and so many individuals in the community <clears throat> only look at housing and transportation from their own little tiny world, and the issues are immense, um, different for young families with kids trying to get to school for young workers who are trying to not only find a job, but be able to get transportation to that job. Um, And with seniors, I was sort of chuckling. um, We're talking about information and technology and healthcare. The MyChart system's great, but boy, if you don't have an internet connection and you don't have a computer, try to do MyChart on a phone it's crazy. I can barely do it on my computer, let alone on a phone. Yeah, or having to pop over to your local library or, you know, mm-hmm. hop on a CODA bus to use their Wi-Fi right. and you yeah. know, thinking about, yeah, it's it's hard enough to maybe stay on top of those general life tasks that are really, really important to our health and well-being um, to not to be able to or have to do that without Internet and computer access. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Age Friendly Innovation Center is also looking at replication of successful aging programs, which could be created around the state. Now, has anyone been able to utilize the roundtable as a model program in their regions of Ohio? Yeah, certainly. Networking groups exist around the state, and and those are not new. I do think there's something really unique about the roundtable: its size, its utilization of different communication tools. Our view that everyone and anyone is welcome to join. And of course, our broad scope of what aging entails is, um, you know, all unique pieces. And it would be really exciting to have other regions replicate this network. Age-Friendly is part of a national and global network of age-friendly communities. And we also co-chair a group, the Coalition of Age-Friendly Communities of Ohio. And these networks are uh, ones we can use to champion the roundtable model for others to replicate. I would think it would be hard to replicate this because of the way it was created here. Number one, Fran being, you know, the pillar of the community, Dave Paul taking a lead on doing everything that needed to be done technically and with that sort of backdoor role that he played was phenomenal. But also it's sort of the way Columbus nonprofits work. We do tend to work together and share resources and share information and um, bring people out. And I remember um, when Age Friendly was going strong and we had our job fair and one of the issues for for older adults in the workforce was getting a professional photograph for their LinkedIn page. Everybody was using these little tiny, tiny, with your camera on your phone, picture, and we kept telling people to get professional um, photography. And so Katie and the team, that age-friendly team, took care of our booth to get people their professional photograph. And then she also got their permission to use those photographs in an age-friendly project they were working on. So it was a great way to bring everybody together. I think we had 250 people. I was remembering as well in the hundreds. 
Oh yeah, yeah it, it was, was great. It was busy all it day was, long. And yeah. and I have to say, every one of those pictures was phenomenal. Oh, they're so wonderful, and yeah. we still use them. That's something we really pride ourselves. We don't use stock photos in our right. age friendly work, and so the roundtable as well, and having you know the real faces of our community right. represented is really really important. Right. And I think you did say it so so well, Carol. We this network uh, without Fran and Dave wouldn't have been possible, and. Mm-hmm. Um, they really set the stage for something phenomenal. And um, I have the privilege of interacting with folks across the nation and in this work and try to be as humble as possible at just how fabulous our network here in Franklin County is. It is so collaborative. And um, that's something a little there's some special ingredients there that, you know, you can't just buy at the store. Right. Exactly. Well, because she didn't start. They didn't start it. Just they didn't. Was, there, there was no attitude of, well, we'll just let it go and we're not going to touch it anymore. We're not going to be a part of it because Fran was a part of it for years. Uh, and and, and you, still is, really. Really. Yeah. And and the same time, if, you know, if anything went wrong, you, you caught her wrath. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, honestly. She, so she you, let you know. Right. But, right. but, but we already had a, an incredible team of leaders in the aging community. Um, Tony Carroll was at mm-hmm. FCOA. For, that uh, Cindy Farson was at COAAA. They already worked together, and they put the sort of the, I don't want to say the support base for it, but really made sure everybody knew about it. And you've got the mayor saying, do this. Right. Now, granted, he didn't give her any money to do it, but, but it was, it, it was uh, I don't want to say a mandate, but it was a direction or a directive that really gave it credibility. And so we not only have the credibility, but then the camaraderie of everybody well, who already may, worked together. Well, like you said, it may not have had the money support, but it had the political support, which, the political which goes support a and, long way. And the resources. When COAAA right. and FCOA yeah. could could really do what needed to be done, then yeah, yeah, it was there. Yeah. yeah. So That's a, a mandate I hope we can do justice to as we carry yeah. it forward, mm-hmm. certainly. Some big, big step, big Oh my goodness, for these, you these to... are clown-sized shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so we've talked about all of the stuff that does exist in central Ohio. I am guessing that there could be things that we really still need that don't exist or that there are services out there that are so underutilized because people don't know about them. I love this question as I think this really speaks to what we hope to accomplish through the roundtable, making sure folks know about resources, programs, and other supports. Our network in Franklin County is robust, like we talked about. And, um, you know, from my experiences as a social worker and from speaking with other social workers, I have the impression that perhaps it's not that services are underutilized, but maybe sometimes under-resourced or just um, don't quite. That's a given, Christy. (laughs) I know. Uh, we can't, you know, leave the room without talking about, you know, time and money and staff and, and all of that. Yeah. So, you know, as the roundtable continues um, to evolve, it's really my hope that we find ways to collaboratively, collaboratively continue to share information about programs and also find new and innovative ways to support the existing work. Um, so while I don't know if um, they would consider themselves underutilized, I do think libraries are a really valuable resource that's been mm-hmm. ever evolving. And so throughout 2023, we intentionally hosted meetings at libraries around Columbus to highlight the free spaces that are welcoming to all. And I think there's something for everyone at a library and so many services and resources 
plus really kind and friendly people I've found. And um, I was downtown at the main library on Grant and actually over the door there in the stone is carved open to all. And so I mm-hmm. thought, well, this is just truly also really speaks to what the round table is. Right. Right. So we're in 2024. What plans are underway for the round table in, in this new year? We're hoping to continue to put the requests and recommendations of members into action. The Central Ohio Area Agency on Aging, both during the leadership of Cindy Farson and now with the leadership of Katie White, has invested in this platform and values this network. And one way they demonstrated this is by sponsoring a free CEU for Roundtable members. And we plan to do that again in 2024. Wonderful. Yeah. Free CEUs are big currency where I come from. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and we also hope to continue meeting in shared community spaces and championing these great resources. Uh, we do intend to leave space to continue to evolve and try try new things and maybe not have them be successful, but to celebrate the trying. Uh, this is really what it means to be an age-friendly city, to convene folks to learn about ever-evolving needs, to try new strategies that are grounded in this knowledge and the knowledge of professionals and to continue to move forward our way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it's, uh, it, it is an amazing, um, it's been an amazing adventure. And, and I used to, as I said, sit in my office and read through emails and see the immediate work done with a round table with no real extra effort other than an email. Uh, somebody needs a plumber. Somebody else has a plumber that will help. It, it was just, it's, it's. I, I think it is an accomplishment that is um, underappreciated, under-resourced, definitely, and and um, under unknown. Uh, it, people just don't know about the 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 roundtable, and that's why we were so excited to have this conversation and talk more about what's going on. Um, before I I ask you the last question, I'm going to give my words of wisdom. And that is that if anybody is listening to this podcast and is an older adult, knows an older adult, is working with an older adult, serves older adults, if you don't know what the roundtable is, you need to get involved. You you absolutely need to, to um, step up there and be willing to learn a lot about what the needs are in our community. Because needless to say, um, it the roundtable is well worth your effort. And I can't say that about a lot of organizations, needless to say. So I'll ask you my question now. We always provide our guests with an opportunity to give their last words of advice, information we haven't shared yet today, uh, something that may have just popped into your head. Tell us, Christine, what what would be, uh, what do you think our audience needs to hear? Yeah, and I'll really kind of go along with your words as well, Carol. And um, mine's maybe not suggestion or advice, but an invitation. And this invitation to join a roundtable meeting, an invitation to continue to share resources, reach out, uh, suggest a topic or activity for our meetings, engage members in a piece of advocacy, or even just share something you're really excited about, a small win or a big win that you've had. Um you know, or a need that you're seeing arise in the community. And come join us and learn something new, meet someone new. 
and invite a friend, a colleague, older adult, someone from your ne- network to come along with you. Exactly. And and if you have a topic, um, boy, that the, the roundtable is always looking for opportunities. So if you're willing to come and talk about something... Perfect place. Thank Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, many thanks to our age-friendly and senior services roundtable expert, Christine Happel, for joining us today. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you fitting us into your schedule. It's great. Uh, listeners, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to check out our show notes on the website for contact information and the resources we've discussed today. You know, we talked a lot about uh, previous episodes that we covered with Fran Ryan. You can do a search. Um, we talked to Fran Ryan. We did episodes on the property tax uh, with um, uh, Mr. Stenziano, housing, transportation, tons of other episodes that we've covered previously. Go back and listen to those as well, too. Um, you can find all that information at lookingforwardourway.com. And we are looking forward to hearing your feedback on this or any of our podcast episodes. <laughs>